Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 87. This time I have both the beta for MechWarrior Online and Hawken, so I ramble about that in comparison. I found out Double Fine Productions made an iOS game called Middle Manager of Justice, and it's free, so I got that to check out. And of course, like everybody else on the planet who is into science fiction and or fantasy, I went to see The Hobbit, so I talk about that a bit in the close. Enjoy the show! So I've decided to ramble about MechWarrior and Hawken. I have had access to the beta for both for quite some time, but due to the issues with my system, I didn't pick up the clients until recently. Both have gone into open beta, and as far as I can tell, there's no NDA, and that would be kind of dumb with an open beta because anybody can just sign up and play. So I am going to do some sort of early ramblings about the current state of both betas. I will start with the similarities because sort of I guess you could say on the surface they are very similar. Both are online mech type games. You get in a giant robot and smash the face of other giant robots. Both are free to download and free to play and have in-game purchases for sort of in-game money that gets you various things. Both of them are going the route of you can buy stuff in the game with cash you earn just by time and fighting other people, or in-game money that you buy with real money to speed things up. Both are PvP-focused. Right now, MechWarrior Online seems to only have one type, which they are calling Assault, but it's really kind of team deathmatch, and I guess the enemy has a base. I've never actually seen the base. But you can end the game by either killing everybody or assaulting the base. MechWarrior Online is also single death, so if you die once, that's it. You're out of the match and all you can do is spectate. There appear to be three different maps from what I've seen. I've only played for a few hours, but with matches being about 15 minutes, I'm pretty sure those three maps are the only ones. Of course, this is beta, so, you know, things will change. That one challenge type also seems to be the only type of fighting they have right now. You don't even select it, you just say you want to play a game and it just automatically finds one and puts you in it. So I think that could be kind of a disadvantage if you have friends you are trying to play with. You know, you don't choose the game, you don't choose the map, you don't choose the specific match in terms of, you know, I want to pick this game that these guys are playing. This kind of drops you right in. I think that will change in the future. Hawken has four different kinds of matches, but I don't know if they'll all actually have people playing them. It has Deathmatch, which is, you know, you against everybody. It has Team Deathmatch, which is the one that I do most of the time. It puts anywhere between, I think, four and eight players on each side. It has a Capture Point Type 1. I think there are three points that you can capture and hold. I tried playing that a few times, but there, there were no games that could be found, so I don't think anybody was playing it. And there's a fourth type, which I think it says isn't actually working yet. So I haven't tried that one. 
There doesn't seem to be a way to choose the match that you are playing once you pick a type. You just pick a type and say go and it pretty much puts you right in a game. So again, that could be problematic if you have friends you want to try and play games with. But again, in both games, you know, it could just be the state of the beta. Both games start you with free chassis. Right now, MechWarrior Online starts you with four different free chassis. Hawken, I think, has three accessible until the end of the year. And I would guess that is to try and help them check out balance. Because, you know, if it forces people to play certain ones, then they can, you know, get opinions of people. The price for unlocking them, however, seems to differ. Both of them, from my calculations, seem like it would take about 10 hours of playtime to unlock the next chassis type. And in both cases, you can pick, you know, which one you want. It's not like a straight-up progression from A to B to C. You just pick which one you want. However, MechWarrior Online has a lot more to choose from because it has, just off the top of my head, six to eight basic chassis types. And then each of those has anywhere between about four and I think maybe the highest one has maybe a dozen different variants. So that means, you know, you get the basic chassis and then the weapons and systems will differ on what it has specifically. Hawken has a much smaller number. They have, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm tempted to say about a half dozen chassis types. And there are no variants. It's just a single chassis type. And that's it. One last thing that I think is very important to note, that is a difference between the mechs, is that as far as I can figure from the conversion of real money to in-game money, MechWare Online would take $15 dollars to buy a new mech chassis whereas hawken would only take five dollars i don't know if those are final prices or final conversion rates but that does seem a pretty big difference and a pretty serious thing to consider if you are picking up one or the other game it seems like quite a bit of a difference between the two the mech garage for mech warrior online doesn't seem to work right now i don't think it's implemented when it does, you can change out the weapons and the systems in your mech that you have and, you know, change it to whatever. So as long as you've unlocked a specific chassis type, you can fill it out however you like. There's lots and lots of different types of weapons and systems and lots of different locations you can put them on your mech, as well as different armor and heatsink configurations and all kinds of things. Hawkin is pretty much the exact opposite of MechWarrior Online. They have a chassis type, and the chassis type main weapon has a choice between, I think it's two different weapons, and then as you fight, you gain levels with that chassis type, and once you max it out, I think it gives you an option for a third main weapon. Your offhand weapon will always be the same one. You can't change it at all. And you can only have two weapons per mech, the main one and the off one. Unlike MechWarrior Online, which you can pretty much put a ridiculous number of weapons on your mech and make it impossible to actually function because you have so many weapons and build up too much heat. Hawken makes it very simple and quick, very easy choices. Hawken does have secondary systems which you can pick, but again, they are a limited number and a limited choice. So that is kind of one of the differences that I really would prefer that Hawken actually had more choices and more options. 
But from what I've seen on the boards and what I've seen from the few people that actually say anything in-game, they actually prefer it because they say things are pretty well balanced and it keeps everything pretty much even. Somebody who's in the free mech and level basically zero effectively can pretty much beat anybody in, you know, a different mech that has, you know, the maximum level. It's kind of more about player skill than it is, you know, what equipment you have, which is good here because it's kind of scary to come into a game and be, you know, level one and see somebody level 25. And it's like, what the crap? Why am I fighting level 25 guys? It doesn't seem very fair. Well, all of these things are pretty similar so far. In terms of actual gameplay, how the game feels when you are playing, how the game flows, you know, through the course of a match, does differ quite a bit. MechWarrior Online is a hardcore sim game, and it follows the long tradition, I guess you could say, of previous MechWarrior games. Mechs move kind of slow. There is torso rotation in that you can aim differently from the direction you are traveling. You go different speeds, the weapons, weapon impacts and weapon effects will cause different things. Like if you get hit very hard, your torso will spin a bit. If you shoot missiles, there will be some smoke in the, in the air and might block people's vision, things like that. Weapons have different chains that you can set them on different chains and pushing one button will do one chain and pushing the, another button will do a different chain. Or you can just push the number button it's associated with to do that other chain. And they all have different ammo and heat. So you have to watch out to not run out of ammo and not build up too much heat. Add on to all of that the fact that you are playing a single death game. And it becomes a very, very serious kind of simulator game. If you are fighting against somebody who has long range and they have you know, a clear line of sight to you, you will very easily be destroyed long before you can even see them. Similarly, if somebody has a scout out there and they're you know, getting radar pings and they can see you, they might all group up in one area, and it's very quickly a, you know, three-on-one fight, and you'll get downed again, you know, within seconds before you even know what's going on. And then you find yourself sitting and spectating for the rest of the game. Hawken is, again, pretty much just the reverse of MechWarrior Online. Games are pretty fast-paced. While you can get killed in a matter of seconds, it's more often that it's a pretty even fight, and the matches will take a little bit of a dodging back and forth, and, you know, you're shooting at them, and they're shooting at you, and you're moving this way, and they're moving that way. And there's a little bit more of a shootout. Even when it's two against one, you know, unless they get some really solid shots on you, it's going to take a few seconds to take you down. So it seems a lot more exciting, because there's a lot more actual fighting. You know, you don't go down quite as quickly if you get in a bad situation. And there's a lot of times that I've gotten into a bad situation and run around a corner and sort of, you know, hid. And if an enemy has you on their radar, everybody on their team can see you. But if they don't, nobody can see you. So if you are a very crafty bunny, you might be able to, you know, run around a corner and hide. And, you know, if you've taken enough damage, the enemy might assume that you've actually just died or that, you know, that last shot they put out killed you. And they won't really know unless they're watching the so-and-so killed reports. And on more than one occasion, I've dodged behind a, a corner and hidden and popped back around, be ha-ha, and then, you know, get them back. Or, you know, gotten a chance to repair up quickly enough that I can go back and chase them and return. It is not single death 
when you die, you go into sort of a, a screen where you can pick your different chassis type. And if you don't want to change, you know, you just have the one, like, you're, you know, you're starting out and you've just got the free one. You just press the space bar or enter or click launch and it will put you back in the game. So, you know, it's a maybe three second timeout if you just push the space bar really quickly after you die. And then you're back in the action. I would not rate either one as better or worse than the other in terms of graphics and overall presentation. They're both very good. MechWarrior has very large landscapes you can see for quite a while. Things look pretty detailed, but, you know, if you are familiar with the MechWarrior universe, it will seem very familiar to you. If you aren't, you know, they're kind of sparse, but the things that are there are detailed quite nicely. Hawkins' battle areas can be sort of, I guess I would say, medium size or large-ish. There's a lot of detail in them. But it's much more of a sort of, I guess you could say, cover-scattered or urban environment where you're running through a bunch of buildings or you're in a, I think one level is called a bazaar and it's sort of a, a desert planet and there's buildings, but there's a lot more sort of mountain rubble areas that you kind of dodge around. And it seems like it's drawn very, very well, but it's also rendered really quickly. I would say, though, that I really like kind of the music and background chatter that is in Hawken. There doesn't really seem to be any music when you're actually in the match, but when you're on the different menu screens, there is sort of a background music that seems pretty cool. I don't recall there being any music at all in MechWarrior Online. Could just be the state of the beta. Could just be that doesn't really stand out to me. Both do have in-game voice chat, so that's pretty cool. I have actually not really encountered anybody that uses it, really. Just a few people. But it does, you know, have that potential for people just talking about basketball or whatever they're going to ramble about. Or, you know, insulting you or whatever. As I said, people pretty much don't use it at all. And so far, I haven't had any bad experiences with it, really. I think because both are betas, people are more often than not confused as to how or why to use it. So most people, I'd, I think, just leave it alone. Hawken does have a pilot, I guess you could call it alert voice, where you can call out where the enemy is or ask for help. And yesterday there were a few people using it more frequently than not, so that was very good to see. My personal preference so far is that I like Hawken quite a bit. It's got, you know, the quick action. You know, there's good fights and there's dodging and you don't, instantly die even if it's two or three on one if you're super good at dodging and hiding and being tactical you can survive for a little while and even though I've played almost every mech game there has ever been which is quite a few of them I do find mech warrior online maybe a bit too much of a hardcore sim for me these days and single death while it is great for a hardcore sim I just don't know if I'm quite into that anymore Especially since, you know, I am homeless and if I'm going to be playing something, I would like to not be spending a lot of my time, you know, sitting there eating a sandwich waiting to respawn. You know, if I was in a home or something and I had a couple hours to kill and it's like, okay, you know, let's go for this very serious sim, you know, I might be a little bit more into it. More often than not, though, it winds up that I will play like one or two games of MechWarrior and I'm like, okay, I'm tired of just sitting around. I want to actually do something and I'll go play you know, three times as many games of Hawken, 
because it is, you know, quote unquote simpler, it's a lot faster and a lot quicker to get into. And, you know, since it isn't single death, you just get killed and then you come back and then you're right back in the action. So if you want to be playing and having fun and killing guys, you know, you just get in a game and there you go. If you want to back out and maybe look at some options as to, you know, what can your mech do? You know, how can you tweak it in terms of, you know, down the line when you unlock maybe different weapons? Or maybe there's a different chassis you want to check out with different weapons. You know, you can just take a break and go do that. Like I said, I am kind of disappointed that Hawken is quite so simple. With the choice of just pretty much A or B weapon on your primary weapon. And then there's like an offensive slot. But I don't have the money to unlock that yet. So there's really no option there. There's defensive slots. But I don't know if they really matter. Because I haven't seen the situations come up that they can switch. And each of those only has like four options. So it's not like a huge choice there. There are three other systems, I think, that you unlock as you gain levels in the mech. The mech has 25 potential levels. Your pilot also gains levels, but I think that's really irrelevant because each talent you get for your pilot really only locks like 1.5% gain. So it's like, what's the point of that? That's like not even really 2% difference. That's nothing. But those... Those three extra systems, I think, can change things up a little bit. I only unlocked the first one, and so it's, like, not a huge difference. There's one thing that will unlock that would change it, like, 2 or 3%, but something also changes, like, 2%. So, again, you know, it's not really a big, huge difference. I think the thing that will factor in most is finding a weapon and sort of chassis type that fits your style best. In both cases, really. I think with the limitations of limited choice with Hawken and the fact that the Mech Lab doesn't even exist for MechWarrior Online right now, I think people might have a little, little bit of a difficulty kind of getting into either game. But like I said, it is open beta right now. You can get in for free. It isn't released, so neither of them are you know considered complete yet. So we may see quite a few changes in the future. But if you are looking for a mech combat type game, if you want sort of a hardcore sim that gives you more options and choices and more specialization, but is much more dangerous in terms of you really have to act as part of a team, go for MechWarrior Online. If you want sort of a more even playing field where you want to smash some people in the face and have a lot of fun and, you know, the smashing in the face never stops, go for Hawken. But again, Hawken kind of does also have that team sort of requirement if you go for team deathmatch or I guess one of the capture games it is really kind of random you know if you don't get a good team that works as a team and you know the guys you're fighting are acting as a team you're just gonna get repeatedly killed because even if you are you know super awesome and you have a chassis that totally fits your style you probably aren't gonna be able to take down two or three guys you know at once you know, the odds get heavy enough, they're, they're not going to end well for you. So it is kind of still, you know, a minimum amount of team interaction is required kind of thing. If you're off soloing, you're probably not going to do well unless, you know, you're fighting one-on-one -on -one with somebody. And those matches, you know, are pretty fun. You know, there'll be a, a group fight and you're going to or from the main battle and you 
pick up one straight enemy and then it's like, wah, 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 wah. And it's pretty fun. But like I said, both are open beta, so you can pick up either one just by signing up and downloading the client. And then you can check it out and decide for yourself. In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. Middle Manager of Justice is an iOS game. It is produced by Double Fine Productions. You may know them from Psychonauts and Brutal Legend. They are currently working on a game called The Cave, which looks very cool. Middle Manager of Justice is free. I don't recall if it's a universal app or if it has separate apps for the iPad and everything else. The sound and music has no sliders, and it will not allow you to play music or podcasts in the background. It shuts off any other sounds. It is classified as a sim game. There are no actual save game slots, it just has one game going, and I don't recall choosing a difficulty, so it might be only one difficulty setting. Basically, the game has a few rooms, and the rooms have stuff in them. You are a middle manager of justice, which is a hero business, I guess it is, and you do manager type things. You will tell your heroes what to do, you can motivate them, or you can train them. You can also tell the heroes independently what to do. You can tell them to rest or to train up certain abilities. They get a certain amount of trainings per level. And much like any sim game, you can modify the rooms with better stuff or get more stuff so that more heroes can use the same stuff at the same time. Things like that. You can have a lot of heroes, but you can only have four active on the roster at any one time which means they will be seen in your base and you can tell them what to do or go out on missions. I have played for about, I would guess, an hour and a half, and I don't think I've gotten that far into the game. The city is divided up into several zones, and you have to beat enough bad guys in a zone to reveal the sort of boss for that area. And then once you beat that boss, you can move on to the next area. Missions in a zone have timers before they run out, so if you see one pop up in the city and there's a little alert in your base, so you don't have to be staring at the city screen. But if you see one pop up, you will want to keep your eye on it and send out your heroes as soon as you can. If the timer expires and the bad guys get to do whatever they're doing, or a bad event, sometimes there are events, that section will get more sad. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I think it means it generates less income for you in terms of money. And money is used to, you know, upgrade your base parts, buy new rooms, buy new furniture type stuff, upgrade furniture type stuff, things like that. So far, I have seen regular fighting missions with a few different bad guy types. I have seen a save the bus mission where a bus goes and your hero has to have a certain number of strength to stop it from crashing. And I've recently seen one that is a fire and your hero has to have a certain amount of intelligence to fly into the fire and save the people. I did mention that there is in-game money from the city in general and doing various missions. There is also special money, which is called Superium. 
that is used specifically for hiring new heroes. You can hire generic, I think, like, level 1 heroes. Or for a higher amount, you can hire, I think it's level 5 heroes. And, you know, as they gain experience, they will go up in level. But there is a coin unlock store, as it were. There's a coin doubler for $2 that doubles all the coins that you get, which if I ever were to pay for it, would be the one that I would do. And there's also a lot of just superior choices, you know, stacks of them, as it were, with higher and higher amounts, and they go up to pretty ridiculous amounts of money. It's kind of hard to describe a sim game if you haven't played it before. There's basically a lot of clicking through conversations. There's a lot of clicking each hero and telling him, you know, you go do this and you go do this. And so there's a lot of micromanaging. The game automatically saves when you either minimize it or close it. So when you want to stop playing, you just do that. It's a single save slot. So it's just the one game running all the time. And it seems like it's going to be a pretty long game. So I don't know how repetitive it will get or how interesting it would be long term. I think I've played about an hour and a half. And I'm only just sort of starting in the third zone. Peeking at the game, it looks like there are about eight sections with two sections marked as coming soon. So it's possible they are even going to expand the game, you know, soonish. And you'll get, you know, more than there is at the base game. So like I said, it looks like a very long-term game since I'm only, you know, one and a half hours in and three of eight sections in. So you can do the math on that. With it being free, though, you know, that's a totally good deal because it's like a lot of playtime. However, my coin accumulation is really, really, really slow. So it seems like there's kind of a lot of micromanaging I have to do and the city zones and heroes are getting, you know, more sad than they should be. I think they kind of expect people to do in-app purchase for money. I'm considering the $2 coin doubler unlock. Double Fine Productions is one of my favorite developers. One of the ones that are, you know, still around that are a smaller company. One problem I can find of note is that on my iPhone 4, it really heats it up and drains the battery pretty badly. It's one of those, you know, sort of hardcore battery draining type games. So if I play for, I would guess, maybe half an hour, that's probably all I should play, you know, before I charge up again. Because it drains so much of the battery, that will leave me, you know, 50 or 60% left. Which, you know, if it's at nighttime and I'm not going to be charging again until morning, you know, you'll lose 30 or 40% charge overnight, just, you know, as it is. So, you know, that's kind of limiting to me. It might not be so bad on the newer models. It might just be, you know, mine is working so hard because it's an older chip. It doesn't have a lot of power in terms of, you know, graphical and computational rendering. So maybe, you know, one of the newer ones will not drain down quite as quickly. Or, you know, you could just play it plugged in if you are into playing that sort of thing when you could also do other things at a plug. But if you are into sim-type games where you micromanage little guys, if you are into Double Fine production stuff, if you are into superheroes, you should certainly check it out, especially since the core game is free. Far over the misty mountains cold To dungeons deep and caverns old We must away a break of 
of day to find our long forgotten goal. Probably everybody listening has seen The Hobbit now, but if you haven't, I will ramble about that a little bit because it is the most recent movie slash TV thing I have done that people might be interested in. First thing to note is that I went to see it in 3D with the high frame rate presentation. I think because of that, it seemed very realistic as if I were watching a, you know, theater production because people were, you know, 3D. And then I think the high frame rate allowed for sort of a, a smoother amount of movement. But The Hobbit is also sort of, I guess you could say more old school and how it sort of does the design of shots and the cut pacing in terms of how it switches different angles. And the sets are kind of a very low number of sets. So overall, no matter how you see it, I think it will feel more documentary or sort of like a theater production in terms of how it feels overall. It doesn't feel like a regular movie where there's a lot of stuff going on and there's you know, cut, 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 and different angles changing all the time, and you're, you know, in close on this guy and zoomed out on that guy. It's sort of not like that. I would say for, like, the opening scene when they're kind of hanging out in his house and sort of introducing the characters and introducing what they're going to do, it's pretty much a switch between three different rooms, and they kind of go from room to room, and it's sort of like a character will come in and they'll be like, you know, pose and... I'm going to say my lines now, pose. I'm going to say my other lines, pose. I'm going to say my other lines. Yeah, it's all one single shot. So it's very definitely an older style in that the shots are, you know, kind of lingering as opposed to, I think they call it quick cut style now. How they do a lot of changing of angles and, you know, going from here to there and here to there. If you watch any modern TV show or movie, you can pretty much count and each each time that camera holds still, it will stay for maybe one to three seconds. Whereas if you watch something, you know, older, like say classic Star Trek as example, you'll notice the shot stays on people for a lot longer. 15 seconds, 30 seconds, just hanging in the same place is not really unheard of. That's kind of the difference here is that most of the scenes are kind of slower paced and they just kind of stand around and talk quite a bit, but, you know. That's how that's how the hobby goes, I think. But it is certainly very different than even the other Lord of the Rings movies. From what I recall, it's been, you know, quite a while since I've seen them. But I remember them being, you know, sort of a mix between a lot of action and moving around and sort of standing in the one place kind of style. The Hobbit seems primarily, you know, theater style, like I said, where people will go to a scene and they will stay in that scene. And they will be there for quite a while before moving to the next scene. I would recommend it to anybody who is a Lord of the Rings fan. I have not read the book, so I don't know the differences. I did see a post by somebody who mentioned that, you know, the stuff that is in the book isn't 100% in the movie. I really don't know, though, that you'll ever see a 100%, you know, one-to-one correlation between a book and a movie. I just don't think it will ever happen. But I liked it quite a bit. There was quite a bit more in there that has been in previous movies. I went into it kind of with no expectations. And after that first minute where I was like, hey, this feels kind of like I'm watching a play. Okay, I'll, I'll sort of get into that mindset. 
you know, the rest of the movie seemed just fine. I think some people might have issue with the high frame rate because it does feel very different in addition to the difference of it feeling kind of like a play. I think some people might feel that it's too realistic and sort of the realistic style is off-putting and they can't really get comfortable with that difference. The only way I could think to describe it is, you know, when you see a TV show or movie and they're doing, you know, home video style versus regular style, you know, it's that sort of, hey, this is really different looking. And it's like, you know, that doesn't stop for the entire movie. Obviously, you know, you probably will not know if you will like it or not. Because it's not something, you know, people have experienced before. You know, you can't say, oh, I like that style or I don't like that style. Because this is the first time it's been done. But I would say if you go in, you know, expecting things to be more like, you know, like I said, a theater play, then, you know, you should be fine with it and it should be quite enjoyable. Oh, for those who don't know, which is probably a very small number of people, this is a trilogy, so there's not this big, huge epic ending. It does end in a good place. You know, it's an okay place to end. But it's not like, you know, we're going to start on this huge epic journey and the huge epic journey ends by the end of the movie. You know, they're partway through the huge epic journey. So don't be surprised, you know, when it ends not at, you know, the end of what it should be. Because it is a trilogy. And I think the original books were also, you know, a trilogy. So just be, you know, aware that it ends kind of not at a super huge epic ending. It just ends at a logical place to end. Sometimes I'd stay up all night Wishing to God that I was the one who died And sometimes there's not enough time But I didn't know I loved you so much I didn't know I loved you so much I didn't know I loved you so much So that is it for this week's Rabbit's Fumblings. As you can tell in the open and close and middle manager of justice section, I sound super congested. I am pretty sick again. I don't feel really bad. I'm just like super congested. And my eyes and nose and throat and ears kind of hurt. And I'm sneezing an awful lot and my throat is messed up. I have to pretty much constantly take cough drops. Hopefully I'll be okay again pretty soon. Oh, I got the vitamins I was thinking about ordering so I'm gonna start taking those and maybe that will help me stay more healthy maybe get me off of eating quite so much help me maybe you know lose some weight on the theory that I'm eating so much because my body is short of vitamins and stuff that it's looking for so it's kind of you know overeating to compensate maybe the vitamins will help with that I don't know I figure I will try it for a couple weeks and if there's no change maybe I'll stop or slow down or I don't know, uh, you know, think about things. But obviously, you know, if there's no real change after a few weeks, there's really no point in continuing. They weren't super expensive. It was like 10 bucks for a small container. Some of them get like really expensive and are, you know, way better. But, you know, this is just a, a temporary thing while I'm homeless. Once I'm not homeless again, you know, I should be fine and not need them. I guess Christmas is coming up pretty soon. So hopefully everybody will have a cool Christmas. I guess I forgot how close it was, so this is not a Christmas special. I will consider doing a Christmas special for next time, 
which would release between Christmas and New Year's. So maybe I'll do some of that. I don't know what to say though for Christmas. It's like Easter is awesome. Halloween is awesome. Christmas is awesome, but it's not really something you can talk about, I think, a whole lot. I don't know. I'll think about it. It's not really anything I can think about for gaming news coming up. There's a few movies that look pretty cool, but, you know, I will watch them when they come out. Some of them aren't coming out until, like, you know, spring, so it's a while. Some even summer, I think. So, I don't know. I will talk about them as they happen. And hopefully everybody had a good time, and I will see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. MechWarrior versus Hawken. Fight! I would say, though, that it seems... Uh, put that in the conclusion. It is fun. Uh, stupid helicopter. Down the line when you... Op went down... Meh. The sort of... In the middle of the earth, in the land of Shire, lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire. With his long wooden pipe, fuzzy woolly toes, he lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.